Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome to the Dismantle Racism Show, where our goal is to uncover, dismantle, and to eradicate racism and to create a world where racial equity is the norm. I'm your host, the Reverend Dr. TLC. I hope that as you are beginning this new year, you have taken stock of what you did in 2022 to help to dismantle racism. I hope you looked at what you were able to accomplish, thought about what you could do differently or better, and set some goals for this year because it takes all of us to really immerse ourselves in the work of dismantling racism. I want to invite you, if you would, uh, to please make sure that you go to my website, sacredintelligence.com. I have multiple ways on there in which you can get involved in dismantling racism. One of the things that I have coming up beginning on January 25th is my next course on a blueprint for ending racism. I want you to take a look at that and to determine if it's something that you might want to get involved in. I also I also want to let you know that I've been really busy. So I actually now have a companion of meditations to my book on dismantling racism. You can stream it on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Prime, anywhere that you stream your music. Go and get your copy of my meditations because as with the book, it is something to be used to help fortify you for this journey of dismantling racism. We all need ways in which we can engage in this work in a healthy way and in a productive way. And we also need mechanisms to keep us grounded in the work. So please do stream my Dismantling Racism meditation anywhere you get your music. Today, I want to invite us into this sacred space as I always do by having us to do a meditation, to connect us with our breath and as a way of connecting us and centering us for the conversation that I will be having with my guest in just a few minutes. So wherever you are, I invite you, if you would, to simply just close your eyes and begin to take some deep breaths in, and then to exhale. Take another deep breath in and exhale. And just simply begin to breathe, connecting with the rise and fall of your chest. The in and outflow of your breath and connect with your power, your divine wisdom, your sacred intelligence. That part of you that connects you with your own divinity and helps you to make choices that are not only good for you, but that are good for all humankind. Breathe in and out, feeling your connectedness with family, with friends, community, the world. Breathe in and out, 
recognizing that you are supported by all who came before you, all who are available to you now, even the people that you've yet to meet. Breathe in and out, recognizing that you are not alone, but you are significant in this work of dismantling racism. What you do matters. You have the power to change the status quo, one step at a time. So just continue to connect with your breath, knowing that your breath is a symbol of your very life, your essence. When you can breathe in and out, it just reminds you of who you are, a living divine being, a loving divine being, capable of doing what many think is impossible. Breathe in and out, recognizing that the power of one contributes to the power of many. Just breathe in and out, giving gratitude for who you are, And gratitude for the people who love you and who you love. And gratitudes for the gift that you bring to this powerful conversation on dismantling racism. Now take a deep breath in and sigh it out. And let us begin. James Baldwin says that we are trapped in our history and our history is trapped in us. And yet so many of us do not want to face our history. We don't want to face our past. In fact, we'll say that was in the past. Why do I need to talk about it or bring it up? Well, the history of chattel slavery in this country and really beyond, but we'll focus on this country, is significant to who we are today and how racism is perpetuated institutionally, systemically, and even individually. We would rather pretend like it doesn't exist. In fact, even in the history books, it is downplayed. The trauma of it is downplayed. People will say when they're teaching, well, it wasn't so bad. There were good enslavers. But until we admit that we have a problem, it's impossible to move on or to heal from the pain and the structural separation 
that exist in this country. In fact, even the people who think that they are dismantling racism, who will say, I'm not a racist, who will say, I have Black friends, will then go on to say something or to do something where they are perpetuating a system because they've not given it enough thought to understand the trauma of chattel slavery. Most of us think about trauma and we think about things like fear, anxiety, jumpiness, uh, upsetting memories, and efforts to avoid reminders. We think about those being the symptoms of trauma, and for sure they are the symptoms of trauma. But there are also some subtle symptoms that exist, and then some that are actually not so subtle. Chattel slavery has cost each and every one of us. Some of us is more painful than others, but there's a cost to us and a cost to our society. And so we cannot be silent about our past. We cannot be silent about our trauma. Today, I'm delighted to have on the show someone who has been helping in particular, people of color to heal from racial trauma, but also engaged in the conversation of racial trauma with all people, not just people of color. And so I'm delighted today to have as my guest, Sharon Leslie Morgan. She is a genealogist and a multicultural marketing expert. And I want to also note that she's a writer and an author. She is the founder of Our Black Ancestry, a peer community for African-American family research. She has taken STAR, which is Strategies for Trauma Awareness and Resilience Training. She is also very involved with Coming to the Table an organization that promotes linkages between descendants of enslaved people and families that enslaved them for the purpose of healing from the trauma of slavery. You will note that a couple of weeks ago, I had on the show Tom DeWolf, and he talked about his counterpart who facilitates these trainings with him. And so I'm delighted that she's come to talk to us not only about coming to the table, but about our Black ancestry. She is the co-author of Gather at the Table, The Healing Journey of a Daughter of Slavery and a Son of the Slave Trade. When we come back from the break, we are going to hear from Sharon Leslie Morgan, who will help us to begin to unravel how do we heal from our trauma as a result of chattel slavery in these United States of America. We will be right back with the Dismantle Racism Show and my guest today, Sharon Leslie Morgan. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. 
please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. We are back to get today with my guest, Sharon Leslie Morgan. Sharon, welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. I am so delighted to have you with me today. Good morning and Happy New Year. Thank you so much. And Sharon, I just want to start out by um, really there's a special welcome for for you because you come from my home state of Mississippi. So it is always great to have a fellow Mississippian on the show because there's a special language that we have. There's a special connection that we have, particularly because people often think about Mississippi and they think the first thing that they say, especially when I was growing up and like a youngster, young woman in college, it was all oh, Mississippi, that's weird. Oh, it's so racist down there. How did you survive it? And I would just think, you know, yes, there are some bad parts. There are some things that are not so good about it. But I loved growing up in Mississippi. And what I have found is, is that it wasn't any more racist than any place else. So uh, I really, really just want to thank you for being on the show. You might have a different impression of your time in Mississippi. So No, I absolutely agree. Mississippi is the poster child for all that is wrong with America. But that's because other states don't look at what they're doing. Exactly. Because there are many wonderful things about being here. And I yes. did not grow up here. I grew up in Chicago. Mm-hmm. But when I moved here, I was just amazed. I didn't plan to live here actually I came on a visit to write a book mm. and uh, I ended up staying because I liked it so much wow so, yeah mm. so I've been here three years now oh and right. I love it 
I'm glad you do, because again, there are lots of wonderful, wonderful things. So hear that, America, because what I also heard you to say is that each state, each place needs to face their own issues, particularly around racism. Yes, we have a, a horrible history, but we also have a horrible history in some other places, too, where we need to face. And you have to bloom where you're planted. It's like wherever you are. You, you said something in the meditation about being a powerful person and you can do things on your own that cumulatively with mm. other people, it ends up being something much bigger. So I've done some really interesting things here uh, with regard to improving relationships between people. And it has been incredibly rewarding that I came in as a virtual stranger and I believe that I've been able to make a big difference in this community through the work that I do that is genealogy related. Hmm. Well, we want to jump into the work that you do that's genealogy related. But what I'd like to do is to really kind of uh, to help people to understand why it's important to have something that grounds you in this work and that keeps you going when things are difficult. What sort of practice do you have that that helps you on the days when you feel like, ah, this is this is a lot to carry. Do you have something that grounds you? Genealogy. <laughs> Wonderful. I Tell feel us like it is important to recognize that life is a continuum. Mm -hmm. So we are the product of all that came before us. Mm -hmm. So when I look, when I, in reconstructing my family and the work that I do for other people in helping them reconstruct their families, we're looking back into the past and finding out what contributed to making me, me, mm. my parents, my grandparents, my great grandparents, my great, great grandparents who came from Mississippi and were enslaved here. Mm -hmm. And so doing the work grounds me and inspires me all the time. It is mm -hmm. just amazing. I do this work and I may reach a point where I get very frustrated because I can't find something. Mm -hmm. And something weird happens, like usually at three o'clock in the morning mm -hmm. where I'll get this whisper, like go to the computer and I'll find what I was looking for. Yeah, Because the ancestors do wanna be found. They want to be acknowledged. And we need to honor them and realize that we stand on their shoulders. Yes. They are running through our bloodstream. And, <sighs> you know, it is, it's a really powerful feeling to realize that because I'm not alone, I'll never be alone because mm. I have them. Mm. Wow, you just sent chills, uh, you know, through me it, for a couple of reasons. Um, I want to ask you about what's been one of the most significant things that you have found in your own ancestry that helps you today in understanding who you are well the biggest one is that in discovering my enslaved ancestors uh it goes back to one person whose name was Betty Wharf, who was enslaved as a nine-year-old child. She was taken from her mother and grandmother and brought to this county in Mississippi. I live in Noxabee County. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And she grew up on a plantation, ended up being owned by a family named Gavin, and had 17 children with the nephew of her owner. So a lot of the work that I have done is to track all of her 17 children mm. and to see what happened with their lives and where they went and the children that they had and what they did. And mm. there are some horrible stories in there, but there are also some incredibly inspiring stories because no matter what, they survived. Mm. And like I said, they made it possible for me to be me. Yes. And so walking that land and being in connection with that history really has meant a lot to the building of the person that I am. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, I can't imagine, because I don't know all of, of my family history, but I can't imagine what that was like to actually connect with those 17 families and to hear the stories because you know, particularly since we're talking today, even about the trauma of chattel slavery, you must have heard some very painful stories. So again, the strength to be able to hear those things, the power of being able to digest those things and then be able to, um, connect with the resiliency of the people is amazing. And so what I'm hearing as you're talking about this is that, yes, there will be some pain, but we must dig in and keep going because it also helps to build us up. And well, it, what, they, what we say is that it hurts before it heals. Hmm. And when I first started doing this, well, I won't say when I first started, when I really started digging in, the stories, the horrible stories were so awful that it made me really angry. Mm-hmm. I could not understand how human beings could do this mm-hmm. one another. And just the, the idea of owning another person is horrific enough. Mm-hmm. But then the horrible acts, the beatings, the lynchings, the cruelty, the deprivation the uh uh trying to destroy people's spirit mm-hmm. making them you know like an animal i mean we were in the record when you look in the records black people are not in human records until after 1870 mm-hmm. because we're listed as property mm-hmm. and we were we were the intent was to totally dehumanize us so that you could do anything to us mm-hmm. And that made me incredibly angry. And I really didn't know what to do with that anger. And through the, a long process, getting involved with coming to the table, taking the, straw, the STAR program uh, and doing other things that I do, I was able to channel that anger into something that is productive. Mm. So I'm not such an angry person anymore. I feel great sadness. There are times when I cry, uh, but uh, it's now it is just more inspirational. It mm. is more realizing the resilience and how people got through it and feeling very proud about that 
So now my emotions are, are different. So talk to me a little bit then, because as you are talking about the horrible treatment of enslaved people, uh, just like when Tom was on the show, I can, there's a visceral feeling that's there. It's not anger, but you can feel it in your body. And talk to me about how you help people who are going back and looking at their own ancestry, because it's important that we do that. But some people don't want to do that because not everyone is going to engage in a process of coming to the table or taking these extra classes. So the average person who wants to know about their ancestry, how do you help them to deal with the pain of going back, looking into their family history? Well, I think the big part of it is that genealogy is looking for a name, a date, and a place. And that's a, that's a pretty um, raw, no detail. What you really want to do is to reconstruct people. So you're resurrecting a person. So you don't just want a name, a date, and a place. You want to know what kind of person was this? Mm. What things did they endure and survive? For my ancestress, becoming enslaved and being brought to Mississippi as a nine-year-old child makes me think of my granddaughter. How in the world? I cannot imagine that happening to my granddaughter. Mm -hmm. But then when, as I am resurrecting Betty, I am seeing what incredible resilience and strength it took for her to survive that. Mm -hmm. And then to survive having 17 children, mm -hmm. someone that she could not have loved. I mean, you can't, you, she never, never had a choice, but she made something of her life. She ended up having land. She ended up uh, having a business. She ended up being just a very strong person, which gave me a lot of insight on me. Now, and it's like, okay, now we know why I'm so stubborn. And this <laughs> <laughs> has a lot to do with why I do what I do. Mm -hmm. And uh, so when I'm helping others, that's what I'm trying to get them to do. It's like you want to resurrect the person so that you have a whole person. Yeah. not just a name, a date, and a place. Yes, yes. Well, we have to take a break, Sharon, but when we come back, I would love for you to talk about what some of the trauma is of, you know, people who um, have ancestors who were enslaved. Like, you know, we can think about the noticeable trauma, but what are some of the things that we might experience day to day that are actually the result of the trauma of slavery. You know, um, there's a book, Post-Traumatic Slave Syndrome, where, you know, there's a lot of talk in there, but I would love for you to just highlight for our guests the trauma of chattel slavery and then how we began to heal by it. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with the Dismantle Racism Show. I'm your host, the Reverend Dr. TLC. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? 
Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. We're back with the Dismantle Racism Show. My guest today is Sharon Leslie Morgan. And I want to just remind you all to please, if you have questions, please put your comments in as you're watching us on YouTube. You can also go to my Facebook page if you have comments there. Please make sure that you put your comments and your questions in. We want to know that you are listening to us. I often get comments after you might have your questions as well. And our guest today, again, is Sharon Leslie Morgan, who is the founder of Our Black Ancestry and who is a genealogist. And before the break, I'd ask Sharon to come back and talk to us about what are some of the symptoms, what are some of the behaviors that are connected with trauma of being um, the ancestor of an enslaved person? I think maybe the four top things that really stand out for me was the total lack of control over your life. You do not have freedom of movement. You do not have, you cannot make decisions for yourself. You do not, you can't decide anything about anything. Uh, The lack of control is what all human beings have. At least you have control of yourself and we didn't have control of ourselves. And I think that that is something that is reflected today. There's sort of a hopelessness that people have. Some of the violence that I see in the black community with the kids trying to figure out what is going on with them. And I think that the whole paradigm of their life has 
they lack control and there is a sense of hopelessness and there's no sense of future. Mm. So you do things and you don't realize the consequences. The other would be the dehumanization, making a person, not a person, but a piece of property and doing everything possible to break their spirit. And so I, that is another one that is huge because claiming your humanity and acting in a humane way uh, and having a moral compass mm. that says, you know, what's right, what's wrong, and, you know, how do I live my life? The last one would be, and this is a very short list, the last one would be the family separation because mm. the whole family structure was totally disrupted. What happened as a result of the system of slavery was that the European system for tracking a family doing genealogy was based on your paternal line. So people are tracked through men. That was changed during slavery so that slave owners could control women and their quote issue. Mm -hmm. So that is what made it the woman and all of her children into perpetuity mm -hmm. and the having no men were totally out of the picture. They were just reduced to being studs. Women were baby makers and something to profit off of. And so the disruption of the family, which I think continues in many ways today, uh, is another traumatic thing mm -hmm. that happened. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we don't, it's an unconscious thing that we don't even realize with this whole disruption of family and how, you know, some people, it doesn't even matter whether it's the United States or other countries where they just want to talk about the multiple children that they have by all the different women that they have. I mean, some of this carries over and not just those individuals, but even within our own families, some of the ways in which we interact with our loved ones, where we treat them, some of the ways in which we're fearful about them engaging in certain activities. I mean, part of that is around uh, the unconscious things that we learn during enslavement that have been passed down, even when we don't allow our children to explore and get out. Well, something has been life. repeated over and over and over again for centuries. Mm -hmm. This is not something that happened for a week. Mm -hmm. This is something that happened through generations, because remember, after slavery, now you have the campaign of terror that yes. happened, the lynchings, the brutality that went on, the sharecropping system, mm -hmm. so that people were still basically enslaved. The fact that people who are incarcerated today, slavery is legal. Yes. For yes. people who are incarcerated. Right. It is still legal. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that the cumulative effect of all that is that it adds up to the trauma has just continued and been repeated and added to, and it is, creates a continuing cycle of abuse. Mm -hmm. So that mm -hmm. if I have been abused, I will abuse others. That mm -hmm. commonly happens. Mm -hmm. And unless you make a conscious decision that you're not going to do that, uh, it's, it's, normal that you'll right. the cycle until you stop it. 
That's right. That's right. And I could go on and on and talk about some other ways in which I think um, that we continue to be enslaved. But I want to just take a moment because I have a question from um, the ARC. And the question is, uh, I've read research on trauma passing through DNA. Do you know of any research about the trauma of slavery surviving in the DNA of people alive today? If so, how may that trauma cause issues? Okay, there is a field of study that is called epigenetics. And it has proven that yes, trauma passes through generations. So in the studies that they have done, it has been found that people who like Jewish people whose, whose ancestors went through the Holocaust, Chinese people who went through the Cultural Revolution, Black people who experienced slavery, those, are in, those traumatic experiences are encoded in your genes. You can do a lot more reading on this. There's a really good documentary, a BBC documentary, uh, but the, the key word is epigenetics, mm -hmm. E-P-I-G-E-N-E-T-I-C-S. And yes, it is. A, it's an important field of study. It continues to be developed. But yes, it is true that it passes on. Mm. And we also know that I believe that it takes um, somewhere between eight to 12 generations for trauma to be healed. So it does mean that we have to do our work. And doing our work sometimes is really facing and understanding the truth of what we've been through in history, who our family is. It's just like when you go to the doctors and they ask you about your family history. In order for them to be able to give you the best help that they can medically, they have to know your history. And I think it's the same with us. I wanna just ask you, um, we were talking a lot about the trauma for people of color, in particular black people as it relates to enslavement. but. Talk a bit about some of the trauma for white people or for people who are the descendants of enslaved people. What are some of the costs of chattel slavery to the ways in which white people show up in the world today? Well, what you have to understand is that trauma affects everybody. It affects the person who is the victim. It affects the person who is the perpetrator it affects the people who are bystanders. So everyone is touched by these events. It was interesting when I found out that there was a huge incidence of alcoholism, uh, mental health issues, uh, drug addiction during slavery because slaveholders, I think they knew that they were doing some, something that was wrong and it did affect them. And we don't tend to think about that part. I didn't mm -hmm. think about that part at first. Mm -hmm. But then it's like, it's really logical because if I hit you and I, and I hurt you, that affects me. It wounds me as a person. And that's, again, one of those things where you consciously have to stop the cycle. So... Mm -hmm. And you do have to realize that it it had it affected everybody. Mm, mm -hmm. Thank thank you uh, for sharing that because I'm sure that that surprises people. I 
Actually, I don't know that I had ever heard that there was a huge incident of alcoholism or drug addiction. But again, if you kind of think about consciously, you really, the cognitive dissonance that has to go on in your mind to own another person and to treat another person with such disdain and hatred when you know in your soul being that you are hurting another sacred individual. I mean, my goodness, Um, you know, Tell us then, how do we heal from this? I know understanding our history and where we come from, but what are some things that we can do to heal? The first thing that you have to do is to confront it. So when you've experienced something that is traumatic, you have to look at it, examine it in a truthful way. So as we speak about slavery, we have to we have to go back and and get it and pull it up and as uncomfortable as it may be, you really have to look at it. And that will give you some insights into why you do things that you do the way, you know, the way that you live your life today. Uh, So that is the first step. And then you want to engage in productive activities that contribute to your healing. An example, I got involved with coming to the table. Uh, I associate myself with other people who have similar interests. Uh, We are able to have conversations and have like a healing support group that, uh, that leads you to activities. Like I, now I work with a historical society here and I'm able to, uh, share what I know and help people here who who didn't even realize some of the things that they do that are racist and that are awful. Mm. And so you confront it, you find ways to channel it, and you must act. So you can't just passively sit around and say oh wow okay well now I got it Mm. you have to work work it you have to work through it you have Mm. to do something Mm. and make your contribution to the general healing of us all Mm. Mm. and uh, basically that's it and you just have to make conscious decisions all along the way that you're going to do that that you're not going to be passive and you're not going to let your anger you know consume you and you are not going to be apathetic. You are going to be active in your life, your personal healing, and your interaction with your community. Mm, I love that because a lot of times I think people um, particularly think that in their efforts to become woke or to um, achieve racial equity, they think if they take a class or two that they're fine or it just their consciousness alone will help them. But the active part is what people don't understand because it's so easy to slip into this. Like you said, there were people who were surprised that their behavior was racist, but you won't know unless you engage in the process. We have to take another uh, quick break. And when we come back, I'd like to hear a little bit more about your work with uh, coming to the table. So we'll be right back with the Dismantle Racism Show. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. 
Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. We're back with my guest today, Sharon Leslie Morgan, um, talking about chattel slavery, the trauma that's related to it. And Sharon, several times during the show, you've mentioned coming to the table. Tell us a little bit about your work in coming to the table and how you found it to be a source of healing. Well, I've been involved with Root Now for about 10 years. And originally, I was very resistant, but they, it was explained to me that they had developed this model for healing historical harm. So slavery, the trauma of slavery is historical harm. So how do you do that? And so I went and was amazed at this model and how it was being used for healing. I'm in a call. Um, So I continued to engage with them. And one thing that impressed me greatly was that this was everybody, this wasn't just black people. There are white people who are the descendants of enslavers who want to make connection with people who are descendants of people that were enslaved by their ancestors. And one thing that I realized is that part of my problem in being angry was that I never had anybody to confront. Mm. I never had anybody that I could say, I am really pissed off about what happened. Okay. And this group allowed me to do that because these were people who really wanted to engage. They realized that their ancestors did something that was awful Mm-hmm. And they wanted they want to make amends in some kind of way. They're not personally responsible today. They're not enslavers, 
but they have inherited this legacy that they need to be healed as well. Mm -hmm. So that really inspired me to continue. Mm. So now coming to the table has grown. That was at the very, the very earliest days. And now it has grown to be many chapters all over the United States and engaged in some really meaningful work in doing the action and being involved in their communities and doing things actively to dismantle racism that is connected back to slavery. Mm, I love that. And, and, and what I love about it is you saying it gives us a place to be able to confront what has happened in this history, but it also gives people who are descendants of enslaved people. It's not about coming to beat them up, but it gives them an avenue of saying, how can I heal? How can I not just walk around in guilt and shame or say that was then, but to be able to heal. I know that when Tom was on the show, he talks about, he talked about the, the powerful work that the two of you were doing together. And one of the things that I asked Tom about when he shared with me that his family was responsible for uh, really enslaving a, a large number of individuals. It actually, I had a visceral response. They, just like they I did. weren't as much enslavers. It actually, the wolves only owned two people. What they did was they were slave traders. Exactly. So they transported, they were involved in the transatlantic slave trade and they went to Africa, bought people. They were based in Rhode Island. Mm -hmm. They went to Africa, they bought people and they brought them to this side of the world and sold them. And they got yes. incredibly wealthy doing that. Exactly. And when he told me that it just sort of, I mean, I knew it before the show, we had talked about it, but, but hearing him say it on the show and to talk about the number of people I had a res visceral response to it. And so I was asking him, what was it like for him to hear that this had happened in his family? And what's it like for him presenting at coming to the table? So what is it like for you to be in that space where you are presenter and you have to hold space and facilitate these things, or even as a participant, hearing um, these stories a bit? Well, the thing that feels good is to see that the number of people who are actually interested in doing something, because we've reached a point of such dysfunction in relationships between the races, that something has to happen. Is you know, is we can't have this explosive situation go on forever. And so, it's really gratifying when I'm talking to an audience and people really are interesting, interested mm -hmm. in what I have to say. When I first met Tom, I actually didn't like him because <laughs> he's like the picture perfect white man. And he, it has taken time, but by going on the journey when we wrote the book and spending so much time together and meeting each other's families, and engaging this exercise that was based on genealogy, mm -hmm. uh, we really have come to be very, very close and very special friends mm -hmm. because he is really motivated to doing 
things as are other people in coming to the table. There are descendants of Thomas Jefferson who wrote the Declaration of Independence and imagine the cognitive dissonance there where you're creating a country where white people are entitled to the rights and privileges of citizenship. Mm -hmm. But on that's one side and the other side is that we're, but we're building an economy based on slavery. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so those people are not entitled. Mm -hmm. So to have descendants of some of the founding fathers involved with coming to the table has been interesting because now that we have reached a generation where they are interested in changing the paradigm mm. and realizing, as we said earlier, trauma affects everybody, all sides, the perpetrator, the victim, and the bystander. Mm -hmm. So everybody has to be in this boat. I cannot heal by myself. There's another side to it. It mm -hmm. takes me, you, and a whole bunch of other people. Yes. Um, yeah. Because you can't, you don't, you can't do it in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. And that's why we have to do what we can. And 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 I would love to get into Thomas Jefferson a little bit more, but we, but we can't because, because to talk about that's the a whole other right where you're supposedly in love with Sally Hemings, mm -hmm. but you're enslaving her and her children. I mean, it's just it's a lot. It's a lot. But yeah, before we have child. To, and exactly that she was his wife's half sister. Yes, yes, it is just the craziest thing. And then they <clears> even <throat> made a movie about it because they're supposedly in love with one another. She's 13. I mean, really. But yeah. here's the thing I want to ask you because we have to end. How can people get involved with our Black ancestry and how can they get involved with coming to the table? Okay, if you go to the Our Black Ancestry website, www.ourblackancestry.com, you'll find links to all of these things. So there are several public pages that are free, and the re those resources are right on the front page. So you'll find a link for our Facebook group. The website is kind of static. It's a collection of links to other information that is elsewhere. It's not like Ancestry.com. Okay, so if you click on the Facebook icon, you can join our group on Facebook. We have 36,000 people. And this is a, a active peer research group. And we approve people before they are allowed to join. So we know they are interested in genealogy. And there's very lively everyday conversation uh, that goes on with peers. And they talk about their issues, how they're, doing with their family research. So that's really good. And there is a link for DNA testing and there is a link for coming to the table. Mm -hmm. Great. Thank you so much, Sharon, for being on the show. It has actually been a delight. It's been informative. Um, you've shared a lot of information with our listeners. And this went so fast. <laughs> it did. It did. That's why I always tell people we have to have a part two. Um, in fact, Tom says that the two of you should come on the show together. So we have to make that happen as well. I want to thank you for being on the show today. I want to thank my listeners for uh, tuning in today. Please do write to me. Let us know what you think of the show. Let me know who you'd like to have as a guest on the show, and maybe we can try to get them on as well. Please stay tuned for the Conscious Consultant Hour with Sam Leibowitz, where he helps you to walk through the life with the greatest of ease 
and joy. May today you tap into that sacred part of you that allows you to make choices to manifest your greatness while helping others to do the same. Know that we are all one and we exist because of one another. Make it a priority to share love, hope, peace, compassion today. Be well, be safe, be encouraged. Until next time, bye for now. Thank you. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. on edge hey we live in challenging edgy times so let's lean in i'm sandra bargeman the host of the edge of every day which airs each monday at 7 p.m eastern time on talkradio.nyc tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges that's the edge of every day on mondays at 7 p.m eastern time on talkradio.nyc Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.